0: You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Good evening, Michael. Andre. So, uh, are we going to dive right into this? Like, we're we're recording this, we're cutting it pretty close to getting this week's episode out on time.
1: Well, we're uh, you know, I, there's a there's a problem with the world, and it's not. Um, let's just say it's not. Uh, the COVID issue anymore. We've we've done we've covered many of those, and I'm sure we'll cover it at least one more time, because as we know, um, we are supposed to come out of lockdown here in Ontario on the 20th. But there is no way this government is going to let uh, the May 24 go come and go with us being out of lockdown. So I have a feeling we're going we're going to stay. I agree with you. So because people can just be idiots on the May 24, and then we're just back in the same situation. That's my thought right now. The real problem is there's really nothing going on because there's nothing open. I agree with you on that. So we've been struggling with, you know, with, with topics. We have some great interviews coming up, but we can't do them because we can't get together with people. And a lot of these interviews that we have set up actually, you know, were in the idea that we were going to be able to be face to face and at least have five people. In a backyard or in an outdoor setting, and because we can't do that, we've had to push them into June. Hopefully, we'll be open again. We're going to have Shiraz Motiar on. He is going to be talking Gamay. He is going to be talking something. Oh, we're going to be tasting Gamay with him. So that's a two podcast. We're going to have Brian Schmidt on. We've got some really great podcasts coming up. But right now, they're all pending. Can't... They're all pending COVID. Is Correct. We can't it. do anything. So. I guess to set up what we're going to talk about today is something happened, I guess, two weeks ago. Okay. And I am going to try and set this up as best as I can and be cryptic enough.
0: Well, there's no need to be cryptic. We're going to be unpacking some issues with, with new media. Like, I think Michael is firmly in the rearview mirror that I'm no longer like the young wine writer on the block. It's been long in the rearview mirror for you. But uh, I think we've seen that um, on Instagram, that is where a lot of new wine content and wine blogging is taking place. And, and look,
1: I get it. I'm on Instagram. You're on Instagram. We put our, our stuff up there. What? So what ended up happening? And, and should we introduce our guest first or should we say what's happening and then bring our guest in?
0: Say what's happening and then we'll introduce okay. our guest because it's... Um, our guest is is in important part of this okay so
1: i saw a picture on instagram of somebody holding a product and they said in their and i'm paraphrasing here but i won't i'm not paraphrasing the the one word that that really stuck in my craw was they said that this particular product was bursting with flavor And they mentioned the flavors that it was, quote, bursting with. And I said, I've tried that product. It bursts with nothing. It's basically uh, a seltzer water with a little bit of rosé in it. It doesn't burst.
0: And I also, when you were losing your s*** about that over Instagram, I uh, actually full-on called you, like, Ontario's oldest fart.
1: Yeah, you were you were like making fun of me and everything like that, and I said, "Well, Andre, when uh, you get a chance to trade, wasn't you making, tell me." wasn't making fun of
0: you, but I was more just trying to dole out some perspective because I think when you're talking about consuming media or consuming a product, different people look at things differently. I think if I watched the Sex and the City movie and wrote a review for it, it would be vastly different than say my wife's review of Sex and the City the movie. Oh, could 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 be not, but I mean. Not all products are made for everyone, and that, there is an important thing to you know, be mindful of subjectivity when it comes to tasting wine or food or media in general. And I, and I
1: get that. But the problem I had with this particular person is that they said it was bursting. And then yesterday, you phoned me up and you said, I stand corrected. It doesn't burst with anything. I mean, that's it. I tasted the same product,
0: which is a product that I enjoy. and I, I purchased... didn't say I didn't enjoy it. No, no, and I know that. I like and I know that. I, um, and I purchased quite a, a bit of it last summer. But in my mind, you know, I think context is also important when you're drinking something like a seltzer water on a hot day. Um, you know, maybe things burst a little bit better, but I... no, Look, I, I had to call you with the mea culpa. I had to call you with the mea culpa.
1: It burst with water flavor. How about that? All right, so like- our
0: our guest is Maroki Tong. There's a good chance that if you're in the Ontario wine industry, she is following you on Instagram. Um, she has actually helped out ADX Wine, Guillaume and I, to get a little bit better at managing our own Instagram. And um, I, I think it's safe to say Maroki is firmly embedded in the world of new media where you and I still... You know, we still waffle in traditional media, print media, uh,
1: mainstream media. Correct. So, Maroki is going to to try and either explain to us why, or um, I don't even know. Yeah, Maroki. Hi. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast.
2: <laughs> hello, hello.
1: <laughs> so, so the funny part about Maroki is that. She, uh, I don't know what were you doing. A three-way call yesterday when you when you phoned me up.
2: Um, I was just yelling a lot into Andre's phone from across the outdoor patio that we were on when I had to stop by and do uh, give him a couple things and grab a couple things from him.
0: Yeah, we were doing a we were doing a socially a
1: socially distance following the rules drop off. Got it. Okay, so and it just so happened that I had called you at that time. And we, we started yelling back and forth, I guess, because everybody had to hear through your phone. And uh, my first beef with this whole thing, and if we, I, I guess we should just jump right into this, is that, look, and, and, and this person said she got free product, but you've got to be true to your consumer, to your audience. audience. Yeah. And if you say something is bursting with flavor, and then you mention peach, strawberry, and apricot, then that product better burst with flavor. I may not always get all three flavors, but it's got to burst. And that's that's the problem I had. Because the fla- it's water with a little bit of flavoring in it. You can do the same thing with a soda stream at home, but it's never going to burst unless you just pour like a crap ton of, of flavoring into it. There's not a crap ton of rosé in this seltzer water, so it doesn't burst with anything. And so if I bought a can of that thinking it was going to burst with flavor, I would be sorely disappointed.
2: Right. But that's really what it like when it comes to marketing. That's always what happens. And it's a little bit, you know, uh, what's the word? Like consumer beware when it comes to absorbing what exists on social media. And I think I discussed with you yesterday that this particular person is not in the world of wine. Um, clearly was uh, presented with product because they, you know, the the company's trying to segment into a demographic and you know capture a bit of that demographic that isn't wine. Now, you know, very specifically, um, a lot of people who exist on you know Instagram space who and who are influencers, they're not, you know, they're not writers. They might not be professionals in their field. Um, I consider myself, you know, probably more of a consumer than anything else that I sort of stumbled in to, you know, the, the status of influencer, but and I have a passion for wine, and I would like to be a part of it in a in a greater, more, you know, industry based form over time, but I, I'm still a, c- a consumer. So that's something I try to take into consideration. And that's going to be a lot of influencers. So when, when brands choose to work with an influencer, they are firmly reaching out to them, probably because of the kind of content they put out, and that it's Probably gonna you know capture a market and they're probably gonna write something favorable favorable about them. So you're gonna gift them product. Chances are they're gonna lean in how they write it. Now, when someone is gifted product, you know, and this you know the person the, the very specific disclosure for this post was hashtag gifted. So it's not even a sample. It's not something like yourself or Andre gets where you get a sample and you ha- you can you're choosing to dis- um you're choosing to write about it or not. Um, but this person actually is choosing to write about the product in exchange for free product um is it you know ideally in the ideal circumstances the re- the you know the writing should be unbiased now does it not does not mean that there's a really good chance that someone's going to put a positive spin when they get free product of course they are because they got free product it's in their best it's in it's in an influencer's best interest to probably put a positive spin on it now what? I also said yes, I also said I also said this person is not a wine writer. So this person and you know this is something I've been ta- I even taught I I let me try and articulate to the best of my ability cuz um you know I didn't really plan how I was going to have this conversation tonight so it's coming out very organically. But you know a lot like this is where it comes the difference between let's say wine journalism and just content creation. When you're co- like content creators which is essentially what you know, influencers do as their jobs or what social media companies do for brands. They're content creating. So they're creating content that is compelling and maybe tells a really good story. And in this person's eyes, that's what's gonna tell a good story. Now I don't know, right? This is something that I I frankly think Yumi and Andre can't make assumptions that she, for whatever reason, um, tasted the product and didn't think it and and you know, and thought it bursted with flavor. Like we can't assume she didn't think that just because you, myself, but you, and, but you, and
1: Andre Maroki, I'm I'm going to stop you. Here. You can't assume that because all three of us have tried this product and it doesn't burst. I don't think any one of us thought, man, that really bursts with flavor. It, yeah, but, it, that... Yeah, but does, it, does that? It, does... It's a tasty beverage. So what, you're, so, what you're saying days, then is Andre said, um, yeah. Would you would you would you knock back a couple? Sure, low in alcohol, great. Knock back four or five. You know, but at no point do you, do do we think it's bursting. And I guess the problem that I have here, and I get it, she got this do, do product. I, or do he I get to say this anything This person got this product, and they want to um, uh, influence you to get it. Great, but you're lying to people.
0: Okay. But Michael, are we at the point then where we're really saying that opinions are are wrong? That people's opinions are wrong just because we disagree with the opinion of the content creator?
2: I could no. arguably say that there's a lot of people who drink a Bud Light and still thinks it's strong beer. In fact, most of you know my Chinese friends and family can like will not touch an IPA or touch a bitter beer because it's either strong or too sour. I have a lot of. Um, a lot of my friends who are Chinese, when I used to take them night like touring in Niagara, they, they don't like Ontario wines. If I ask them how to describe it, and if I ask them to put an honest post up, they're going to say I drank the sour beverage because they like warm climate. They like sweeter wines. Um, that's why I've never, you know, just because I have really strong opinions about or really specific opinions. And even if those opinions are validated by two other people, until I capture a sample size of 50, 60 people all saying the same thing. It is not within my right to be saying that this product is objectively one thing. In the end, there is truly always going to be perception. And this is where it comes down to when, it, you know, in social media, it's like she's not like she or he or whoever discusses, discusses the product is not lying. They're saying what's in their ability. Now, isn't that what marketing is? If you're bringing on an influencer to do something, you're essentially asking them to do marketing for you because you yourself as the company for some reason, I'm not not communicating it effectively. Either you're not communicating effectively enough or you're trying to get third-party validation for your product. And this is why I said, like, in the world of social media, it is a consumer beware situation all the time. It's no different than... When you know a luxury brand or any sort of brand brings on a celebrity to talk about their product, when you bring on, I, I think Lynn Crawford just did a Tim Hortons commercial recently, and I remember, my par- yep. yeah. And I remember my remember my partner and I were both like, Oh my god, Lynn, because we are like, truthfully, I'm like, I can't really see Lynn Crawford being like, This food is exceptional, it's but like that's the dark side,
1: think. eh? But, but, it, but it's made with fresh eggs now, which, make, <laughs> which, which then begs the question, What the hell were they using before? <laughs> yes.
2: But I mean, what I'm trying to say is is like, you know, there are people are any sort of brand, any sort of companies always trying to get endorsements for their product. And either there is a monetary, most of the time, historically, there's monetary exchange. Now, we've reached a point where there's also product exchange. And, you know, the land of social media has deregulized a lot of how these um, about how these situations come to play. And I know in Canada, and this is something I actually talked about. I've talked about it at like before I've talked about it. Um, you know, I, I was on the caps uh, uh, I was on the caps panel last to well, last week at this point to talk about social media skills. I talked about it to brands because I do get approached by brands to you know um, maybe say this or that in exchange for. I've had to educate brands and agencies, and I will say that there's people who have ghosted me or don't work with me because I've said to them, I can't promise I'm going to write about your product just because you gave me product, and that's not an answer that and, and a lot I of think, companies and I think that's hear. A,
1: that's an honest way to look at it. Yes.
2: And, 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 you know, like I work in social media, so I do work really hard to uphold those standards myself. Um, I think it would just be really bad for me as a consultant and as someone who, you know, manages other clients' channels um, to not uphold those values. Now, but the thing is, there's a lot of influencers out there who probably don't know this, truth be told. Um, and, and you're either an influencer by accident or you're an influencer because you think it's fun to do. Um, or your passion project, and when people start offering you free product, it's like, who doesn't want free product at any point in the game, even as a consumer? So but when
1: you get when you get that free product, you have to believe in. I, I guess. I guess Andre, uh, and well, as and wine writers, we get
2: you get loads get of free wine. products. Yeah, we get products.
1: <laughs> we, get, we, get we get products sent us, and people say, taste it. Now, for our let's say for our Toronto Life article, we got uh, uh, it was over two hundred bottles. Okay, we, we tried 200 bottles of which point um I I think well, so it was, uh what would, would I think uh, what 70 made the three columns and even then our editor cut it down even further. Okay, so we picked 70, broke it down, and then you and I separately and, and and I know what I ended up doing with mine, tasted the wines, and I ended up with an article on my website with all the wines and I broke them down to vintages wines and general list wines. And so I got two articles on my website that people can look at, and and um, and those were all the wines of those two hundred that I thought were really good. Not all the wines make it; they were all sent to us. They were all gratis, and we thank all the agents who did it. But not everything makes it. And Marocchi, I'm just I'm just trying to understand. Is there that filter out there, or will an influencer, just because they got the latest AirPods, or they got the latest wine, or they got the latest seltzer, are they just going to promote it and not give a flying F about the whole thing?
2: Quite possibly, and I mean, this is something I I think I mentioned right at the start. There's a difference between journalism, which I think is very much what you and Andre do, and there's a difference between influencer marketing, and that's why it's Mm -hmm. called influencer marketing. It's not called influencer journalism. It's not called let's look at this product with, you know, um, an arm's length point of view and, and, you know, at your, at your sole discretion, make a decision whether to um, post something or not. And now there's going to be a whole variety of different, you know, personal, uh, like personal moral takes on how to approach influencer marketing. You are going to get influencers who, you know, choose maybe, um, you know, like myself, who's, who's actually, you know, I'm, I'm, very picky when it comes to working with brands, and I'm very clear in my disclosures, and I communicate it very clearly to agents. Now, I'm not afraid of advocating for myself. Um, I'm not afraid of saying no and possibly lose work, with the sense that you know I sleep better at night. But you know what? Like I had, you know, there's a lot of people who are new in this industry who want to get a leg in. And it's really terrifying to say no with the chance that you'll never, ever get another gig ever again. And I say this as someone who used to be an actor. So like, and there's always, and this is something I actually said even, I can't remember if I said on the panel, but I've spoken about it at length. I've spoken about it to agents and agencies. I said, you know, it as much as it's up to maybe an influencer to learn some of these rules and regulations themselves, especially, and I'm sure someday the Canadian advertising standards are going to imp- Implement this, you know, something similar to the uh, the states FTC regulations, where it's actually, you know, it's le- like it's legally required to disclose, um, you know, how how you work with a brand, and it's this, it's similar in Europe, Canada, we're in a gray zone. It's up to an influencer to perhaps learn those things, but it's up to a brand to not, you know, be in a position of power to kind of like basically, you know, stronghold influencers into promoting their product. What, you know, because they, they, it is, it's go- There's going to be a power imbalance when a brand reaches out or an agency or an or, or a pr firm reaches out an influencer and that influencer just chose to say no because they either want to get paid or they you know will not promise uh, a positive review if you provide them the product. But that's like, again, it's not the same. Journalism is not the same as marketing now. Yeah, but Maroki,
0: Maroki, Maroki,
2: let me finish a point. that. No, I no, no, no. Maroki,
0: you've made a lot of points there. And okay. I, I think it's time right. to, to, to jump, but, to jump in here. Um, okay. Do you think consumers know the difference between journalism and influencer marketing? Because in, in Canada, I think we do have a huge problem with disclosure or lack thereof. And whose job is it to make sure that we can tell the difference? Because frankly, as we've watched ad dollars dry up across the board for lifestyle writing, I mean, things like wine and travel coverage in all the major daily papers are sort of limping along at, um, at this point. Um, like, is there, is there anything that's going to save, you know, proper journalism? I mean, we even have a, a well-known wine writer for um, one of the, the largest dailies in the country who buys YouTube views,
2: I mean, like you, you know, is Fox considered journalism? <laughs> right? Like we know that there's outlets all across Canada that are you know are are, are is considered journal ju- like is considered journalism, whether it's uh, a newspaper outlet or a TV outlet, and are they actually considered an objective third party resource?
0: Well, are people on no. Fox News paid to give their to give their opinions by? specific brands to opine and on
2: even, it. and even mo- and there's even a lot of like, um, outlets these days that have paid content on it. So, and you know, I think that's what it, I believe. And this is something I study a lot in holistic marketing too, is that it's, it's up, it's a little bit up to the consumers to make educated decisions themselves as well. And this is why I said, like, I said, this a few points back. I didn't get to finish my thought, but it is a, you know, when you're on social media, it is a bit of a consumer beware when you're presented with advertisements from the TV. When you're pre- when you're presented with endorsements on a regular basis, like it's up to me to decide. You know what I I trust this person, so I trust the opinion that they're giving me, or go. You know, I think this person is just saying this because they, you know, got given money or they got given free product. Um, you know, when when we were on that caps panel last week, one of the things that. You know, one of my colleagues, Ren- you know, Renee, and of course, we—I think a lot of, uh, basically all of us in the wine will probably know Renee Cefarata at this point, right? And all, like a Somali influencer, she says, like, pick the brands. One of her takeaways is like, pick the brands you work with, pick them carefully. Um, there's going to be people who want to work with everyone and everything because you know it pays the bills or it gives them dollars or for or whatever it gives them
1: free mean. wine and that or I guess it gives the, them
2: free wine. But, and that's, but that's, you know, that's the what,
1: problem because, I think I have with the whole thing. If you're so I guess, hungry for free product, that you have to make every product great, but, that you don't have any filter as as to say, you know what? I really like this flavored seltzer. I think it's very tasty. I don't have to make up words to make it tasty. it's It doesn't, and I'm going to go right back to the beginning. It doesn't burst. I do not make, I, I have a okay, soda but, stream but Michael- at home. I know Andre's got one. It doesn't burst. Who's well, the job? Con- anything? Anything. Who's but then job? As a
2: consumer, you're not gonna. As a consumer, you're not gonna believe this person, and you're probably not gonna trust their opinion. But that's that's you as a consumer making an informed decision.
0: Exactly. Like, whose job is it to is it to police to police opinions and to police content? Because you know, like I said, I think across the board, we have well, problems. Andre, I, in- I think I think it's up to us, up to us to be yes. gate- to be gatekeepers. No, but when you see, like, when you say post-
1: us, you mean you mean journalists, journalists. It's up to us to look Whoa. at that post and go, No, she's lying. It's I think nice. that's very it's I think it's that's very nice dangerous. Product.
0: It's it's one of the joy it's one of the joys of social media, is it's one of the few platforms where we have freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And we can have a whole conversation about uh, you know, there are certain ways to sort of hack or find the moving target of the algorithm to, to build a following, but um
2: and that's we're it. Talk, I, right? like, I
0: think we have got a, a huge problem if if you think that
1: that as journalists it's up to us to police police bloggers. I don't think it's about policing. I believe it's about calling it out. But the problem when you call something out, and you know, heck, the the then you then you then you just get the trolls going well you just don't like it blah 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 no or oh, but I, what if I you like, again, more, I like the is, product.
2: Right, but what I if, just if 40... I just don't
1: think she's honest.
2: Well, what if you I get 40 people body... who say I did think it got burst it with flavor. What then?
1: What was that? Sorry?
2: Like what if 40 people, not trolls, what if 40 people said I taste this product, I decided it also burst with flavor. That's our opinion. Are you going to say they're all wrong?
1: Water does not burst with any flavor at all. I'm just going to put that out there. And if you're drinking water and it bursts with flavor, good for you. Okay, so what do you want to see happen, Michael? I, I just, I guess Andre, I am the old fuddy-duddy. And as I look at that, and I think, this person is just pulling the wool over people's eyes. And you know what? I really hope that the company that gave them this product got what they wanted out of it. But, what I also hope is that people tasted this product and didn't go, well, shit, that's not what I was promised. And I think that does a disservice to the company. Okay, but... but gave them that product.
0: But, but what's worse, an, an Instagram follower with a few thousand people following them and, you know, for the large part, probably sharing with other like-minded people and, and discussing it, or if we want to go like right back to a conversation you and I have had, the fact that the LCBO continues to post James Suckling's awards, I think we could probably accuse him of the of the same thing, trying to force himself relevant with crazy high scoring. Or Carolyn Hammond from the Toronto Star, who frequently overscores wines, while we have wineries who are looking for the great the great notes, because frankly the LCBO needs the scores and needs the reviews because that's how they decide what to put in their store. So you know there's there's a whole lot more to to this that needs to be unpacked and i don't i don't think anyone I should be worried cons- about about people on instagram overhyping I, a product
2: I also, well, I, consume, I, think- I also consume an inordinate like I, I i do research a lot of the wines before i buy just because i'm that you know person with a limited budget and i'm always thinking about what i want to buy next and i consume usually a lot of tasting notes whether they be from wine writers to journalists to uh you know to people who just like in my community who post about it and that community ranges in knowledge and i find that When I make my final purchasing decision, I I, some of the notes I'm going to taste, I'm going to agree with some people, and some of the notes I'm going to agree, I'm going, it's not going to taste like it's. it's, I'm not going to agree with some other people, and I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Oh my god, this person's a monster. They lied to me." Usually, that 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 perception was different, and my perception is different.
1: The question becomes this, though: if that note is so far off, would you ever buy it again? Would you ever buy that product again?
2: If I enjoyed it, probably. I would just be like, doesn't burst with flavor. It's 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 nice this, but it was nice this, and I will pick it up again.
0: Well, and you get and you and as soon as you start consuming a lot of notes, you get attuned to who are good critics and who are who are bad critics, right? Yeah,
2: that's the other thing too, right? Like it's like it it really, you really have to put the onus back on you know the, the onus belongs to everyone, but the I don't think we you can hold one person or one small group of people purely culpable because they wrote something that you personally you disagree with.
1: So basically, we're just all back to the buyer beware.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's important that like, yeah, of course, there's all these different tiers and layers. Advertising standards are a thing, um, you know, companies and organizations being understanding how they work with influ- mar- influencer marketing is a thing um, and disclose, and having that proper conversation with an influencer. I've had an agency once reach out to me and just say like, or like, can we just send you some wine? Or we want to congratulate you on something because I wrote some positive happening in my life. And when it was delivered to me, they're like, so you're going to post about it now? And I, I had this like super awkward in-person conversation where I was like, oh, this was not what the conversation was at all. The conversation was that you wanted to send me some congratulatory product because I guess you liked my content.
0: So, and that was so a very wh-
2: difficult conversation to have with, you know, with an agent.
0: But you so, had the conversation. You had the conversation. Yes, so, but,
2: uh, like, I think, Andre, I think what, like, I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that, first of all, um, I don't make my bread and butter off of this, so I don't take prisoners when it comes to having people take advantage of me anymore. Like, I spent 10 years as an actor and a producer where people trampled all over me because we were considered completely dispensable. I don't put up with that bullshit anymore. So, oh, there's one for the sweater. You know, and oh, yes, I know. Oh, you
1: some know, dough. I mean,
2: yeah, I remember. I actually I mean, I thought I would say more uh, tonight, but clearly I didn't. So we are in an industry that is so new, so unregulated. A lot of people who are not in this professionally, we have to remember that we're not in this professionally. And that's, you know, like to kind of say that they decided that they are now on the hook because they did something that they like to do. I think that's actually really unfair. And, you know, I could spin this a completely different way too. Like, let's say, let's say, and there are, and you know what? There's been so many articles about this in the in the last year about, you know, sort of the mis- a lot of the deeply ingrained misogyny that the old gatekeepers have towards new influencers. What if you have a beautiful woman? Like, what if it's a person who's really beautiful Features their, themselves on Instagram, they talk about wine or food or, or whatever product, and they get a ton of followers. And they're selling product because they're beautiful people, and they maybe you know they might dress provocatively or maybe not. Maybe they're beautiful because frankly, like Instagram does favor that algorithm or or not And just how society is because we are you know unfortunately a bit superficial that way. Are you going to say? And maybe that person is educated in wine, but you're you got a lot of people out there basically saying she isn't qualified. To talk about wine because she's a woman who shows her body which is completely you know first of all misogynistic and judgmental and gatekeeping but you've completely you've and this you know it, 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 this is a big deeper conversation that really you know talks about the roots of misogyny and sexism and racism but like you know there's a whole lot of people out there who de- deem that people are unqualified for something despite their qualifications simply because of other factors so you bring now you know something that's a little less you know, uh, tangenting a bit, but you know you don't don't talk about that. that. Clearly, in this situation, there really wasn't any major discriminatory practice in play. But you bring, but the one thing that's in play is you're working with people who are pre, who are predominantly people who are just passionate about something and are probably new to this entire field, and they're allowed, like anyone else, to be able to talk about whatever they want if they enjoy it, and they can they can write about it however they want. And it's up to us as people who follow these individuals or, or read their content to decide just whether it works or not for us.
1: So, Andre, uh, on a different uh, uh, tangent here, because uh, Maroki did mention the word tangent, so I thought I would get off on a tangerine. Has everybody filled out their senses? Oh, we're just
0: we're we're stepping off of this. You you think you think we've touched on this enough? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I think. Uh, are we paying Maroki by the word, <laughs> Maroki? <laughs> Yes. Do you have like a final thought that you want to make on on the state of I guess we'll call it the state of wine writing on Instagram
1: or the or the census, one of the two.
2: <laughs> a final thought. I don't. You know what? Like, I know
0: you I could don't... talk about this a lot, and it's, it's it's a difficult thing to unpack in in a, in a half an hour because dealing with the because we're, we're dealing with the state talking. of not just wine writing, we're dealing with the state of of media in in general. And I I think we're also dealing with a a certain situation where um, traditional media outlets aren't stepping into the new world quick enough. And, you know, it's, I, I, I have some hope that cream rises to the top and that good content will prevail. But that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be an audience for bad garbage, bad writing. It's going to be... I mean,
2: look, people want, like, there's a reason why we have all different levels of media from tabloid magazines all the way up to you know the most respected forms of media and why we have different kinds of television and entertainment we just all have different tastes so I don't let me try and give you a final paragraph one let's one you know and I think this is something that I feel like has all blended in with each other and we do need to distinguish it wine journalism and people who are journalists is not the same as wine marketing or consumer marketing um you have to you have to look at you do have to look at that with a different lens and you can't judge them from the same lens and maybe two in like two it's a whole like it's a largely holistic problem across multiple tiers um and multiple managements from the brand and companies down all the way to the consumers and everyone in between we all play a part we are all responsible for it in some way and to just blame it on someone else is kind of releasing ourselves of our own responsibility and frankly probably unleashing a bit of our insecurities onto each other too that we're not you know that we can't you know maybe put our own best foot forward and lead by example instead i think leading by example is always extremely important and thirdly like i i said this i said this again on my cast panel too. maybe i'll say it again like chill the f*** out like like chill out everybody chill like we're like we're all so we're all so we all get our knickers in a knot like always jumping down each other's throats and like quick to judge quick to like tear each other apart um, because we all stand on our own self-righteous path. And you know what? And there's stuff that I jump on the pedestal for a lot. You all see me talk about racism all the time because I deal with some really traumatic <laughs> as, some- as someone who's grown up as an Asian woman. But like, even then, even then I work really hard to try and look at it from the optics of someone else who is not in my situation so that I can try and maybe better communicate with them. And, um, And to to that regard, like, there's times I look, I even question myself, although I'm like, Maroki, there's times, like, you know, you look at other people that, and you get jealous of them, or you get envious of them, or you think like this, like, I'm not, I'll like, you know, I'll say this as myself, as as an Asian woman who struggled with my body image when I was an actor, especially, and even now, as, you know, being in a public place again, as an influencer, I'm like, man, I wish I was prettier, I wish I was skinnier, I wish I was this, all this, all this insecurity comes out, I'm like, look at this girl, she does, and I'm like, you know what, she probably works her butt off like she's putting on all her makeup putting on all her shit and like working on like i don't want to hey, put. we've on got my to shit. We've gotta
1: gotta get maroki uh, a, a coin bank of some sort <laughs> to uh to to figure out all this that she's gonna owe brian
2: i'll send an e-transfer um, <laughs> <laughs> but like it's like you know what instead of constantly judging the other person i should think like you know what, there's, there's a reason why they're succeeding in some ways, and maybe I can learn a little bit from it. Or if I'm not comfortable doing that, if I'm not comfortable, you know, wanting to, you know, like women, if women want to feel sexy and show their sexy body, like, go for it. Show your sexy body, girl, because damn, I wish I could do that, and I choose not to do that. That's my own choice, and I need to live, I have to make peace with that. Instead of getting all judgy with other people. And like, that's it's it. Like,
0: and it's remembering that with social media, you have a choice of who you follow and who you don't, and if you don't like the
1: content, don't follow it.
0: Yeah,
1: and then if... buyer beware. I guess that's where it comes down to. I didn't make a comment on it. I didn't felt feel it. It deserved a comment. Uh, I just I just really had a problem with the word bursting. That's it. Uh, I'm still it I'm still just surprised at how much that that bothered you. And Andre, then you phoned me up and you agreed. Well, so I agreed with you that it wasn't. It wasn't first. Made me feel just that little bit better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They uh, uh,
2: wanted to sign us off.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, you know what? Muroki, Mer- okay, why don't you sign off first? If people want to see the work that you're doing, you're on Instagram.
2: Yes, I'm a- oh when you say sign off, I mean tell them all my things, eh? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at nine ounces please with the number nine. Yes.
0: Alright, I'm Andre Pru oh. from AndreWineReview.ca, and you can follow me on social medias. at AndreWineReview. Um check out Patreon. It doesn't take a lot to keep the podcast going, but we do appreciate every dollar of support. Um, Maroki, you will be invoiced for $2 for Brian Schmidt's efforts in Haiti because of your potty mouth.
2: Okay, I'll give you 5 just because I think it's such a good thing that you guys are doing, that he's doing, that he's doing.
1: Yes, well, I mean, we're we're just we're swearing. That's not really great. Yeah, we don't. It's not. Doesn't take a lot of work to do that. And I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview You can find me as the Great Guy on a lot of social media, as Michael Pincus on some other social media, and as Michael Pincus Wine Review on others. I just didn't get it all, uh, I guess, all wrapped up in a neat little bow.
0: Yeah, well, who knows? I think your social media might be
1: bursting with flavor. It is bursting. It bursts all the time. It bursts with content. And funny, anyway, and funny screenshots of your videos. Oh, I love when you say something about those. Okay, Andre, as usual. Maroki, thank you. Andre, always good to hear your voice. And one more time, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.
0: This episode of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray. And Adam Duran.